Welcome to the Ultimate Journey, a podcast on awakening to spirit. I am your host, Frank DiGenova. Episode 2. Hi, and welcome to the Ultimate Journey podcast, Awakening to Spirit. My name is Frank DiGenova, and I'm your host. Today we'll be talking about the spiritual ego. You see, when we start off on our spiritual journey, we begin with good intentions, but The ego, in its need to survive, hijacks us and uses spirituality to self-preserve. It will use anything and everything to strengthen itself or its narrative. Just because you're spiritual doesn't automatically make you ego-less. Actually, what starts happening is that we have to be more aware and mindful of the ego taking us hostage and using another identity for itself, for its self-importance. True spirituality is service to others. It's thinking of more than yourself. Unlike the ego, it's the only game in town. It just thinks about itself. It's selfish and divisive. So spirituality and ego don't really go together. There's only one force in the universe, one true force, and that is of love. There's nothing else. One can say that it's either love or the absence of it which is fear, your separateness from source or the connectedness of all things or the connectedness to all things. You see, the ego feels separate, alone and afraid because it's not connected. It doesn't have a, a sense of belonging. It's on its own. It's survival of the fittest. Now, when I say ego, I mean the unhealthy ego. And we'll cover the difference between a healthy ego and an unhealthy ego later on. An unhealthy ego is very cunning, and it sees spirituality as a quick fix. It wants the easy way out. You see, it's self-important and feels that it's better than everyone else. Many people who start on the path gain some wisdom and, and start helping some people, maybe not for helping them, but for the feeling of being the hero or the, the chosen one, start um, sensing that they have this uh, special power or develop this savior archetype. An extreme example of this are the cult leaders that have the Messiah complex, a free reign uh, of all the women. <laughs> they're, the, they're the rooster or the bull of the herd, and uh, they're looked up to. So this reinforces their specialness and their godlike attributes, thus strengthening the false sense of self. Yes, I'm speaking in an extreme case, but there are different uh, varying, there are varying degrees of this, and you know. Once in this state, this once in this egoic state, um, we will avoid anything that threatens its identity. And I speak like it's different uh, than us, the ego and the self, because it is. I mean, the ego is an acquired. Um, the ego is acquired. It's not our true spirit. It's not a true ambassador of who we really are. It's a collection of our thoughts, beliefs, and identity. The story our past and the story that it plays out. It's the main lead in the story. It's a star actor. You know, we have to, or it has to sustain this persona and it will avoid anything that threatens that identity. So when put on a pedestal or adored and uh, this confidence is reinforced, it will identify itself. We identify as, you know, being better and special, the guru, the teacher, you know, this happens to a lot of academics that uh, get degrees or they specialize in their field. Sometimes a little bit of ego comes in and they feel superior uh, over others that uh, that are lesser in stature or less knowledgeable. Well, I like to add here that just because you get A pluses or straight A's in school 
doesn't mean that you're smarter than other people. It just means that you can retain and regurgitate what you're taught better than anybody else. I, I believe true wisdom and true knowledge come from the heart center, not the intellect. It's interesting to note that uh, those that excel academically are the ones that get the higher paying jobs. It's almost like if you follow the curriculum to the T without any resistance, the higher you get up in society and the professions, the more alphabets you have after your name and the more you get paid where those that are more intuitive and uh, more sagey, artistic, have lower paying jobs or careers and look down upon as, you know, like a starving artist or just, you know, appear to be lesser in society, which is unfortunate. This whole thing crosses over into spirituality. You know, one can have a mystical experience for whatever reason and think that they are enlightened or they're now they're special or above because they've got a little bit of knowledge. You know, some of them, <laughs> you know, some of them may put on that uh, orange robe and, you know, start wearing different clothes and start acting all special on that. If one thinks that they are enlightened, they probably are not. How does someone know when they're enlightened? Well, they don't question it. They're just in bliss and they don't kind of look for uh, proof and look for signs. Or I mean, this is a slippery slope because when you have a missile experience, you think you can have more or it validates you. I mean, I, from personal experience, I was sitting hours meditating waiting for a mystical experience. And when it didn't happen, I thought, okay, I wasn't worth it. I failed. I couldn't even be spiritual. But you got to read my book for that. Being truly enlightened, there's no words to describe it. There's nothing to compare it to because it's so intangible. It's abstract. It cannot be explained by words. To be enlightened, you don't need to prove it or to say anything about it. You're just in your bliss, man. Another egoic trap in uh, spirituality is thinking or feeling that, you know, one has done all the work that they need. They went through a few hardships and they uncovered a few a few issues or went through some PTSD traumas and overcome some things and think, okay, I'm done. Put my feet up. I'm enlightened now. Well, I hate to break it to the ego <laughs> or to the, the false self. The work is never done. There's always new veils to uncover, to lift. The more we learn, the more we ascend, the more subtle the layers are or the veils are. There's always a trap there waiting for you. Not in a negative way, but there's always another um, uh, challenge or resistance that you have to overcome, even in the refinement of your soul being very light. There's always something. That's why I question all these so-called gurus that, that have had mystical experience. You know, they put that robe on, they let their hair and their beard grow very long, they start speaking differently, they put on a persona. I'm like, why would you want to do that? I don't want to sound like I'm judging here, just that enlightenment to me, there doesn't have to be a display or an announcement. There may be enlightened beings walking among us that are dressed in plain clothes that you don't even have a clue that they are awakened. One or two aha moments or mystical experiences or metaphysical experience doesn't define you or anyone. Just because you had an experience like that, you don't need to seek recognition or look for a reward like I did when I was younger. It's like, okay, I did the work. I was vegetarian for seven years. I ate clean. I meditated for so long and had all the pictures of all the deities and the gurus. And okay, where's my reward? It doesn't work like that. That's the ego. When you're enlightened, you don't need anything. Sure, you have to, you have to eat and stuff. But you know, being spiritually enlightened means you lack nothing. Unlike the ego will use spirituality as a means for fame, 
money, success, using it to fulfill sexual desires, control, and whatnot. The false mind may become stubborn, and it's like my way or the highway. You know, you force teachings on others, and you get all preachy. And you can get closed off to others' help or advice, their feedback or their opinions, or think that another's opinion is not valid. Another trap on the whole spiritual path is becoming impatient or upset when others are not as awake as you are or don't get it. You know, they lack compassion. They lack compassion saying, oh, you know, it's their karma or they made their bed, they have to sleep in it. Well, we need compassion to help others. Who cares if they keep putting their hand in the fire repeatedly? You know, it's our it's our obligation to show them that when you put your hand in the fire, it burns. But I mean, a lot of people won't want to listen and you can't judge that. We have to allow others to learn through their own experiences, like Star Trek's prime directive. Do not get involved or do not get in the way of someone's evolution. Like, don't tell them what to do. You know, it's a soul's journey to learn with their experience. If they choose to follow your teachings or your wisdom or whatever, it's because they want it to on a soul level. You didn't force it upon them. Being spiritually egotistic or special or whatever or whatnot, you know, we fail to meet others on their level. We blame others for our problems. We don't take responsibility. And even when you get to a certain point, you only hang around with others who are special like you or on their level or on our level, you know, become judgmental of others and um, biased and not objective. Another trap in the spiritual path and the ego path is... um, as a result of having wanting the easy way out is to become is becoming disillusioned and wearing those proverbial rose-colored glasses, you know, denying the the, the shadow or the or the subconscious. Everything's cool, man. Nothing's a problem. Well, I truly believe that this is a, a good way to to live, and I believe in the law of attraction that you get what you focus on, where you direct your vibration. We have to acknowledge our subconscious, the shadow, and the dark aspects. To ignore these is very dangerous. It's not natural to be hippy-dippy and positive all the time. Just like the seasons, we, like we live in duality here. There's going to be ebbs and flows of life. There's going to be happiness and sadness. But the secret here is not to attach to any state because there's joy behind them all. The shit we keep inside that we ignore and we distract and numb away actually governs every action that we are unaware of. And then, you know, we start blaming karma or God or whatever for bad shit that happens to us. So we have to face it. Many fall into the trap of feeling like they have earned the right not to suffer anymore or go through any hardship. I'm a spiritual now and life's going to be easy. Well, I got news for you. It's the opposite. There's a famous saying that I heard when I was young, very young, and it stuck with me. And I'm sure you've heard it, or if you haven't, then it goes something like this. Religion is for those not wanting to go to hell. And spirituality is for those that have already gone through hell and will probably continue going through little mini hells. You see, that's the ego thinking that it's going to be easy and that it's a quick fix. Many times I question myself and I say, why did I start on this journey? It was easier to be ignorant. I can't go back no matter how hard it is or how blissful ignorance can be you just can't go back it's almost like you can't go back and redo um, grade one math well you can but you're not stimulated you you know too much there's nothing forcing you to grow or to expand and you know a lot of people are happy staying where they are you know i know people that i've known 20 30 years ago that are the exact same person no no difference i'm like wow 
I'm different from two years ago, from six months ago, from whatever. I mean, I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just saying I'm thirsty. I'm I'm hungry to learn and to grow and to get rid of all my conditioning that I had. And I'm so grateful for having gone through everything that I've had, all the ups and downs. You know, looking back, there were more downs and hardships, but now I look back at them with gratitude and thanks because of where they led me and how it's shaped me now and my perspective. One thing I will share in my book is that, you know, I used to sit and meditate for such a long time and I was so frustrated and angry at at God or Source for not responding to me. You know, I actually actually told uh, (laughs) Source Energy to go F itself so many times and just swearing and, 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 and blaming and cursing because I didn't get my way. You know, that was my ego pushing full throttle and... I was pissed off. I don't feel guilty about that because I know it was part of the process. I'm going to use this word stigma. God has humor and it's, it's pretty cool. It's okay. So I can laugh at it. I don't feel guilty. So to close off, let's go over a few points about uh, a healthy ego and an unhealthy ego. I mean, we need ego to, to live in his bodies, you know, otherwise you wouldn't shower or wipe your ass if you had no ego. You wouldn't care. So we need ego and it's very important. But having an unhealthy ego, it always fights with his confidence, never feels good enough, gets angry, you know, controlling other people. And it's basically reactive. It's, um, it's, it's defensive and it's triggered easily and it's not proactive. It needs to be right all the time. It repeats old patterns, the same, you know, insane patterns, um, you know, conforms to fit into society changes its identities all the time, doesn't want to take responsibility, judgmental, jealousy, and its quest to be right, it will not show compassion. As I said before, it won't listen to other opinions and belief systems. The ego needs a lot of uh, emotional validation and throws a little hissy fit when it doesn't get it. You know, it could be a perfectionist and wants everything perfect, others to say what it needs to hear, all that stuff. I see it as an immature little little child. You know, the ego often doesn't accept what is or the reality, you know, rejects it. When you're not plugged in to the source, you feel alone and afraid. It's the lizard brain and the fight or flight always on guard and worried about its survival. Now, what about the positive aspects of an ego? You know, the one that wipes your ass. (laughs) Well, I could just say it's the opposite of what I just said. You know, the healthy ego knows what love is. It can accept and receive love, appreciation, gratitude. You know, feels worthy and deserving of things. It can adapt and, you know, it's flexible. Has more of a realistic view of what's possible and not possible in life. It's say integrity, authenticity, you know, it's curious and it has tolerance, you know, emotionally and with judgments and that. It feels safe, strong, connectedness to all things, to people, resourceful and it's reflective imaginative, you know, basically shows up and takes ownership of what it creates, you know, the opposite of blaming and not taking responsibility of the unhealthy ego, you know, it can admit when it's wrong and it can see its weaknesses and not get all wigged out about it. It knows its strengths and weaknesses and is okay with it. And it strives for self-realization, you no know, merging with spirit. So for all of you who are old enough to know, let go my ego or let go my ego, it's a waffle commercial way back. So thank you for joining me on this episode of the Ultimate Journey podcast, Awakening to Spirit. I think my voice is going here. I'm talking too much today. Maybe I just need a little bit of water. 
So until next time, I'm Frank DiGenova. Thank you for listening to the Ultimate Journey podcast, Awakening to Spirit. Join me again next time for more spiritual talk. You can reach me at info at theultimatejourney.ca. Please visit my website, theultimatejourney.ca for more information on my online courses. Listeners will receive my course motivation for free. Until next time, walk in love and in gratitude.